0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Grow VC Everyone Funding Startups podcast. I'm your host Ryan Williams. And today we're talking about a topic critical to any successful online campaign, including crowdfunding, and that is how to create, engage, and leverage a community of users or supporters. And to do that today, we're joined by Dave Olson, Vice President of Community at Hootsuite. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure, Ryan. It's great to be here. Well, Dave, I think you're the perfect guest to talk about this uh, subject for for two reasons. One being what you do, that being your title as Vice President of Community at Hootsuite. And two, who you do that for, and Hootsuite being the leading dashboard management platform to manage and analyze your social networks. So maybe we can begin by uh, you talking to our your listeners a little bit about what Hootsuite is and where it came from and what it's currently doing. Sure. Well, you're right that I have kind of a unique role. It gets a little
1: meta sometimes in that I use Hootsuite to promote Hootsuite to other people who really need a tool like Hootsuite. So it's uh, it's been a real interesting journey. I've been here right from, uh, from the get-go as we created this tool that was really started off to solve the problem of if you're managing multiple Twitter accounts, whether for yourself, for your projects, or for clients, how do you manage all these different accounts without logging in and out and in and out and in and out? So anyone who's used Twitter for more than a few years knows that you used to have to log out, log back in, log back, and you're trying to capture all these mentions and so on. So the first thing that Hootsuite did was bring all those accounts and allowed you to manage multiple accounts from one place. From there we've grown and added a a whole plethora of different tools to this uh, web dashboard, including uh, the ways to have different team members contribute to your accounts so you can have everyone from interns to CEOs with varying levels of permissions uh, so messages don't go out that are going to embarrass you. We've added a whole analytics suite that allows people to measure the different success on their different uh, platforms. As well as all these basic things like the ability to schedule posts, which is incredibly valuable for uh, broadcasting to international audiences. All sorts of ways to set up um, searches to monitor your brand name, and as well as competitors' names, misspellings of Hootsuite. You can imagine how many misspellings are out there of Hootsuite. And we've also now added an app directory, which is a real a big step for us because it allows now uh, uh, third-party developers to build apps into our tool to sort of uh, expose their tool to our f- over four million uh, users now so it's uh... it's been a wild ride but it's what we've really created is uh... one tool to rule them all so to speak for me as a, as a practitioner social media practitioner here within the company um, i want to do as many things as possible on my day-to-day task list from within hootsuite so now Everything from managing Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, G+, YouTube, Flickr, Tumblr, yabba-dabba-doo, I'm able to do from one web-based tool. And also, as I ride the bus into work every day, I can also do all of that on my iPhone as well. So it really puts everything in one place in a pretty simple-to-use tool.
0: And Dave... I know you have the title of uh, Vice President of Community. Uh, what does this title mean to you, and how did you come about uh, fulfilling this role? I'm sure you've worn many hats at Hootsuite over the years. And, you know, <laughs> what does it mean? I'm, yeah, that's typically the case in all startups. And so what does it mean to you, and how, kind of how does that play out on the ground while at Hootsuite? Well, for me, you know, talking about community, it's all these people
1: out there who show affection and reaction or passion of some kind to your brand, And when you start to say that we're going to build a community, it means that everyone who raises their hand basically anywhere in the world with any reason says I want to be part of your culture, I want to contribute your culture, I want to learn more about who you people are. Those are the people that we have to reach out to and invite into our culture and find ways for them to contribute to our culture. So with community, you know, we touch on and coordinate with marketing, and with sales and partners and business development and support and HR, and we sort of hang out in the middle of all these different organizations and help those departments become more social to fulfill their own goals within the company. So in some ways, we're a little bit of a social help desk, but at the same time, we're out there um, being the pioneers of the company, and we're the first ones to sort of move into a new country. Uh, We're the first ones that kind of gather the intelligence, find friendlies on the ground, and start to give activities and meaning to our brand by organizing different programs, whether it be hoot-ups or translation projects or building um, a cadre of ambassadors all around the world. So it's sort of building these little projects and executing on these projects, and By doing so, helping out all the other departments in the bigger goals of the company. But, you know, I was in, um, in the early days of Hootsuite, it was pretty much me, our CEO, and some developers. And so I have a lot of domain knowledge about each of the departments is, you know, um, I sort of served as an incubator for a a lot of them. So as we've grown now from a small handful of people to almost 200 people here at the office, I'm able to sort of give that background why these things were put in place and how we can make them better by using our own social media tools. So I'm really, uh, part of what I'm doing is really trying to make, make sure Hootsuite remains a social business and that we as a company keep pushing the envelope of what our tool can do and at the same time being out there uh, around the world and in our own backyard finding grassroots events um, that we can get people involved in. We really. Find things that are user-centric rather than uh, taking a a top-down approach. We take kind of a bottoms-up approach of, like, let's get together and talk about what makes your market unique. What do you want next from Hootsuite? And we gather all that stuff then and share it all around the company and report back to our communities about that success. But, you know, we're a big enough company now that we're not just one community. There's obviously a whole bunch of different segments. As we have, you know, an enterprise sales department, and with all these enterprise customers, we're signing the biggest brands and the biggest governments in the world uh, to our enterprise tool. And those people obviously have very different needs and things that they need to talk about as a community, you know, the social media managers from within these brands, then do regular users spread around the world who want to share, you know, cute owls and how this has helped their life, where the community managers' enterprise brands need to peers to share conundrums and, tip and ta- tips and tactics with. So those are two examples of the way we'll work around the company and figure out how we can help the free users, how we can help the enterprise users, how we can help the international users, how we can help mobile users, and so on, to feel more attached and feel more passionate for our brand.
0: I want to hone in on one word you said maybe three or four times, and that is culture. Uh, you mm-hmm. talked about how that's how you attract these supporters kind of in the first place. You attract them to their culture. And then it sounds like you reinforce that culture with kind of events on the ground and small projects as you describe them. Can, for our entrepreneurs at home that are, are trying to develop their own communities, can you describe that a little bit and, and touch on how it is that entrepreneurs create that culture or maybe more importantly convey that culture in a way that will begin to uh, coalesce a community around it? Yeah, for sure. You know, for me, the
1: culture is really, really important. And your brand is your culture and your culture is your brand. Your your brand isn't your logo. Your brand's what people say about you and how people react to, to you. And so all these things that we do, you know, it starts with our, you know, having a cute owl mascot, the vocabulary we use to talk about our company, the way we position ourselves, the events that we participate in, the way we present ourselves at those events. All of these little things are little building bricks that add meaning to our brand and really build out our culture. Now, when you start to, to think about this a little bit more and how entrepreneurs can start that, you know, I always think of uh, so many startups, and I've been bouncing around startups since, uh, since the mid-90s and, uh, and, and gone through this process many a times. And a lot of times, startups begin with business dude meets tech dude, and then they start writing down a brilliant back-of-the-napkin idea. They work hard for three months on kitchen tables, and they finally get ready to release this product. But they realize that you don't just push a button and the world starts to know about it. Right from day one, when you decide, we're going to go down this journey, we're going to start there, find that storyteller. And that storyteller is going to kind of fill the role what's, you know will later be called community and marketing and um, all these other departments within your company. But you need that person who can start to add meaning to your brand by telling the journey that you're on. And that starts with, you know, Bob and Dave have got a brilliant idea and I've joined up with him to help spread the word about how we're going to make this awesome widget. And you got to start to share. And the days of having a stealth startup, of having secrets and those kind of things, those are counterproductive now. So right from the get-go, you need to build that community culture by choosing your vocabulary, setting how you talk about your users. What do you call these people? How do you address them? What's the different tone and voice? And all these little things, they seem like just, you know, Oh, geez, that's a lot of legwork on it, but it's critically important. And then as your company grows and it gets time to release product, all of a sudden there's people paying attention. You've developed this interest about what you're doing already. And you've done that not because we're going to, you know, not with a message that says we're going to build something to sell to you. It's we're going on a journey and we want you to come along. And that's a very, very important differentiation to make in order to build these communities. And as part of building that culture, these people that raise their hand and express interest you have to invest the time that they've spent learning about you back into them. And I think this is critically important and, and underutilized as a tactic because, well, we, I don't, there's so many people talking about us, or how do I get to know all these people? So even though you know, we're at 4 million uh, users now, I, I, I say that we build Hootsuite one hug at a time. Now, obviously, we don't fly all over the world to deliver the hugs personally, but we do that in other ways. I was going to say, I
0: never, got, I never got my hug, Dave.
1: i'm booking a plane ticket now all right and uh, but by sending things in the mail to them by acknowledging them with their tweets but we also take the extra step to find out who you are and what you care about and what brought you to our to our culture and then we help build your world up the same way you're helping to build our world up and that's what really fosters um, a healthy culture if it's all ask 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 your culture will not flourish if, you're, uh, if you be reciprocal. That yeast in your culture is gonna grow, and before you know it, you're gonna have a very tasty brew.
0: Well, I'm getting thirsty just thinking about it. Um, and I think you mentioned two things. You mentioned transparency, oh, you mentioned a few things, but two really stood out to me, and that was transparency and collaboration.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I think those two things are really reflected in your decision to crowdsource the name of the company. If I understand correctly, um, can yeah. you discuss the decision behind that and kind of what the effects were beyond the uh, awesome name Hootsuite? Uh,
1: yeah, sometimes a project just comes together so well. Um, you know, Hootsuite as a little bit of background. was developed in a, uh, in an agency called Invoke, and uh, Invoke had made a few other very interesting projects uh, and and tools, and Meme Labs for one of them. They've done one for Eat Street now and so on, and. You know, Hootsuite was oh another project that will solve some internal problems that you know Invoke had in, as an agency, and it originally came out as V one with a different name, and the name was. Uh now we realized it was a little too close to an existing product out there, that another um, you know, another web-based tool. And we didn't want to cause confusion in the marketplace. At this point, we just ramped up to about our first 100,000 users. And we thought, well, maybe this is really something that can take off. So we went to those users and that core audience that were the early ones to discover us and said, hey, what do you think? What do we need for a name? And we had a few kind of parameters because we already had the URL shortener, Owly and that, that had been going for a while already so we kind of want to stick with an owl theme and of course there's all the bird references within the Twitter universe and um, one thing led to another and uh, one of our dear users in Colorado came up with the name he actually went ahead and registered the domain name uh, uh, for us so uh, it was it was captured and was going to be hijacked and then uh, with his prize money that we sent him his, we sent him a gratuity for, for being the winner, um, he donated that to charity, so it was a it was, a, it was uh, what's the opposite of perfect storm, like a perfect sunny day of awesomeness, uh, how that all came together. The international users, it's a fun word to say, and I think that when people get into branding, they forget that just the phonetics of how a word bounces off your tongue is very, very important. I make a lot of fun of some of the, the, the tech companies' names that I, I see, because uh, they just, they sound too made up, and they sound like it's not a fun word to say. <sighs> can
0: I put but you on you the spot and ask for an example? Oh uh, no! Fair Actually, enough. I will
1: give you one. There was one that um, they came out, and this was this was back uh, in the pre one, the the pre bubble burst days of of uh, of two th- thousand. If anyone remembers those days, but I, I just sold a company to a, uh, a big telco, and the guy who just come out of it, um, you know, we're meeting with these new guys. And he told this story about this branding exercise he went through, and he was talking about it as a really positive idea, and they hired branding consultants, and after weeks. They came out with the name of this company, which was Syndic, S-Y-N-D-I-C. And oh, I was man. like, wow, that may be the worst name that you could have possibly come up with. So yeah. there was be an example.
0: And that one, I'm sure they're long gone, so I can make fun of them a little bit. Fair enough, fair enough. Sorry to put you on the spot there, but I had to ask. No problem. So, 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 really, so Hootsuite, the name Hootsuite.
1: Yeah, so with the name, you know, um, it has the reference to, uh, you know, in French, tooth sweet," meaning do things quickly. Um, so that works out great. The Japanese folks really like our brand um, as well. And that was some of the early markets that responded to it. So we knew we were on the right track with it. Now, one of the challenges with our name, since we're on the topic, is the various misspellings. And especially as we've gone international, when people are searching for Hootsuite, we see so many different variations of our brand name, some that you couldn't even come up with. But when you look at our uh, Google Analytics, for example, and see the search results people are you know, search terms people are using to find our site, about 90 out of the first 100 are variations on our brand name, which is, I've never seen anything like that before with any wow. other company. Yeah. Um, and some of them you can you can assume pretty quickly, um, you know, with phonetic spellings of "sweet" like S-W-E-E-T. We see a hot suit all the time. <laughs> so all sorts of variations. But every time we see um, a word pop up, you know, in that misspelling more than a couple times, I set up a search column for it within Hootsuite. So I make sure those people... Um, are still getting addressed even though they might have some uh, variations on the spelling.
0: Well you mentioned a lot about Hootsuite's international growth and I think this might be a good time to switch into that topic a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's my understanding that something like 60 percent of new Hootsuite users are currently coming from outside the U.S. Uh, Is that true?
1: Yeah that's absolutely true. It's kinda like the U.S. and everywhere else and that everywhere else now has got the uh, upper hand now on on the U.S. which is you know uh, a, a very interesting um, experiment for us, and something that we didn't quite, you know, like we're we're inventing the future, you know, for for us, like all like all companies like ours are, you know, where it's all an experiment. You can look at past things and what other companies have done, but certainly this is this is a whole new tool and a whole new way of doing things. So um, the thing that's really been surprising are which countries really take off. And how quickly a country will go from, you know, 30th or 40th on our list, and suddenly rocket up to top 20 or top 10. Indonesia is a great example of this. Holy smokes, have come out of nowhere, and we're seeing uh, just unbelievable growth in Indonesia right now. Now, a couple things contribute to this is, you know, we're certainly not the only tool seeing great uh, social web tool or social media or Internet tool seeing growth in um, Indonesia. But another big part of it is uh, we brought in in, an Indonesian employee here at HQ and we started outreaching to the Indonesians and saying, hi, we're here, we're listening, we're tweeting to you in your language, and we're not asking you for things, we're asking you what you would like from us next. And it really started for us, you know, to backtrack a little bit um, with Japan. And early days, as we'd monitor all the mentions of Hootsuite, we'd see the kind of the English mentions sort of slow down towards the end of the day, and then the Japanese would pick up, and we started to see just an unbelievable amount of chatter about our brand uh, from Japan. And we start to see the same names popping up over and over again, and we start to reach out gently. And I'd spent some time in Japan, and so I had a little bit of cultural familiarity. But then we brought in a Japanese employee and started down a path of starting with listening, What are they talking about? How do they use our tool? What's different about the way they they use our tool rather than Americans or other countries? And we find that in Japanese, 140 characters is a small novella (laughs) rather than a concise message that we're accustomed to. Also, it's very much a personal tool. And people almost use Twitter as a personal diary tool, more like almost like a mini-blogging tool rather than a business promotion tool or a a look at me, I'm, I'm promoting a thing here tool interesting and then we started after we started paying attention and we saw these same users who were you know we saw people who were providing technical support other people who were kind of doing customer advocacy and almost uh, marketing outreach for us as a volunteer which is great we started outreaching these people and saying hello japan we're here we're listening what would you like from us next and the things we started to hear were uh, that in japan there's a social network called mixi that's very popular they said we want mixi Said, great, we'll do that for you. They said, here in Japan, we use Keitai uh, mobile phones. We sometimes call these Galapa phones because they kind of evolved differently than the smartphones that we're uh, accustomed to in North America. And they said, we want a version for Keitai. Great, we'll do that. And we put together a specific Japanese help desk, a specific Japanese Twitter account. And the country and the market looked at what we had done for them. And and they gave us the love right back because they saw that we had taken the time to figure out who they are, what their unique needs were, and we addressed them as individuals, not just as a big lump of a market. Then we did a few other things, uh, some other fun contests, you know, the, the Japanese folks are, love our uh, love Aoli, our mascot. Mm-hmm. So we did a special contest for uh, the Japanese folks only, where we gave them the original design source files of Owli and did a contest to make a new Aoli for Japan, and the winner got, you know, all kinds of treats and stickers and and was also made, that design was made into a sticker that and then we sent out to all the contest participants. And then all the contest participants who receive the sticker, then they take a picture of their sticker you know, next to a famous place in their hometown or on their laptop or a tattoo on their arm or whatever. They send that back to us. We share back that out on the blog. So it's kind of like making a cappuccino. It's the same ingredients as a cup of coffee, but you put a little bit more air and a little bit more care into it, and all of a sudden you have something even tastier. And that's kind of what we did with Japan. We documented all the steps and kind of modified that same plan for each market that we've started to reach out to. But it always starts with listening, treating the markets with respect, and responding to the things specifically that they want. So we've had great success in Brazil recently, in the Netherlands, um, I mentioned Indonesia. And one by one, these countries pop up, and we're there just to hum along and do what we can to support them.
0: Well, that's awesome to hear. And I think the key takeaway, Dave, if I may, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this tremendous growth you're experiencing isn't just going to happen by itself. It's not a build it and they will come uh, type process of community building. Like you said, it, it's keeping an ear to the ground, both with the analytics and also listening to your, to your users. It's adapting the product for, specifically for the needs of those users. And then engaging with those users with these little projects and, and um, kind of crowdsourcing the new Auli image, um, as you discussed. And it's a lot of work, and I'm wondering how you, as VP of community—not VP of American or U.S. community or Japanese community—VP of community—what uh, are the challenges associated with balancing uh, all these various communities as you guys grow internationally?
1: It's a real trick sometimes, and um, a lot of it is is um, harnessing the love and the power of those passionate users. And we sort of cultivated this project informally the last couple of years where we bring on people as community ambassadors and we sort of formalized that program uh, a little bit more this year. And and really what we do is we find the people who are on the ground in a country that, you know, uh, us as as an emerging company, and we're certainly past that startup phase, but we're still, uh, you know, we're still like a little awkward teenage company in some ways. You know, we find the users on the ground that we couldn't afford to put in, certainly put an office or an employee, a dedicated employee. And we find those people and say, we know that you love Hootsuite. We know that you live in, say, Poland. We have this great guy in in Poland named uh, Mikal. And, and, you know, it's maybe 50th rank on our traffic list. But he's raised his hand and says, I love Hootsuite. I want to be involved. And we start by reaching out to someone like that and kind of deputizing them. We give them a report. We give them a list of um, different things we'd like to know about Poland, what handsets people use, how people use social media, what's some big macro trends. And then we start to give them projects and we provide small stipends, um, pro accounts, access to Hootsuite University, Hootkits, badges, those kind of things, you know, because to give someone 100 bucks or whatever, you know, that only goes so far. But you get, give them participation and involvement in your culture and all the trappings that go along with that, it really speeds things along. So we've kind of formalized this program now both for North and South America as well as Asia and Europe. And so we're now we're populating the world with taking these Hootsuite super fans who are also for the most part, you know, working within the industry somehow, whether they be consultants, small agencies, or uh, someone who's already the person in the town who's already organizing the bar camps and the demo camps and so on. But we're finding those people and bringing them in, giving them a, a, a title and a report and some things to do, and then they become the hero in their, in their community. The other thing that we have those people do um, is uh, spearhead the translation projects for their language, and this was one of the early things that we did for building an international community. And we we used uh, uh, basically we worked with our developer team to take all the words that were static words in the in the in the web app, and replace them with dynamic terms that are all pulled from a database. And now we have a tool at translate.hootsuite.com where people can sign up, choose a project, and say. You know, maybe you live in the Netherlands and you use your Android phone and you really want a version in Dutch. You can understand English, but you'd rather have a Dutch version. Well, now you can go in and translate it for your language. When we do the next update, we roll that language out. We do a blog post thanking the people who contributed to that language, send them out some treats, post some pictures of them, turn them into heroes in that market, and shine the light on them. And then, you know, just enough of the glory reflects back on us for making the effort. But really, the user's and the participants uh, are the stars. And then I'll also say that I've tapped into a lot of international university programs who send us practicum students from all around the world. So at any given time, I'll have half a dozen um, international, um, and, and I, don't, I try not to call them interns because they're really yeah. more than that, um, here working in office with us. And <clears throat> it, it creates um, a fantastic atmosphere for us who are based here in Vancouver because, you know, I've traveled all around the world, but now I'm here heads down in front of a keyboard. So it allows me to sort of virtually travel a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, next week we have a few more coming in from France. Um, uh, A lady from Spain via Ireland. That should be interesting. A woman from Lebanon. Uh, We have a Brazilian dude who's awesome. An Indonesian girl who's just gone back to Indonesia to host a bunch of Hoot Ups for us. So we kind of bring these people in from all around the world. And then once they're done, they go back to their country and they have all our domain knowledge. And plus, they have the passion and understanding of our brand. You know, once they walk in the door, they're one of us. And once you walk in that door and become one of us, you're always one of us. So now we have people scattered all around the world who have gone through our program, spent time here in office with us. So when we need, a, we need something done in Germany, we have someone to call. It's,
0: It's, again, that importance of culture and community engagement. It seems to be a recurring theme with uh, many of the challenges that Hootsuite encounters as it it grows and expands internationally. Um, You know, as you know, our listeners are from over 190 countries in this world and maybe are sitting at home wondering, how can I maybe get involved? Um, Are there countries that you are experiencing tremendous growth in that are looking for these ambassadors, whether from universities or elsewhere?
1: Um, well, really, you don't have to be experimenting crazy growth. If you're somewhere in the world and you love HootSuite, and you know another six people who love HootSuite, come on board. And uh, you can tweet us at Hoot Club is the fastest way to kind of get into the program that you'd like to get into, whether that's organizing a HootUp, becoming an ambassador, getting involved in a translation project. We also have a Facebook group called Hoot Club, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to see all the international voices. You know, it, uh, last week, I was here at the office, it just sort of hit me that while I'm here at the office on a Friday in, in rainy Vancouver, folks in Istanbul, Turkey, were hosting a hoot up and they're hanging out talking about our, our product, which to me is just a, a, just the most beautiful feeling that you can get in the business world. Um, so anywhere you are in the world, uh, jump on a board. I mean, every month we have a couple people visiting Hootsuite from Greenland. I'd love to know who they are. If you're in Greenland, if you want to be the Greenland ambassador for Hoot Suite, hey, have we got some stickers for you. You'll have to figure, help us figure out what a Greenland owl would look like, though, so we can make the, the appropriate sticker. And I will say, talking about Hoot Ups and these, these programs, um, we start almost accidentally making these funny little videos for the Hoot Ups to play at, at the Hoot Up events. And we really try to let the HootUps be organized by the local market. We don't want to dictate this is the format, we want to sort of see it develop organically. But we did start making these funny little videos to welcome people. And, uh, you know, for example, there's a hoot up in Maui, and so a bunch of us wore Hawaiian shirts, and we did a little uh, aloha thing and goof around. For one in Sao Paulo, Brazil, we all wore in soccer jerseys. One for Austin, Texas, just the other day, we all cracked Paps Blue Ribbon on a, at a rooftop bar here in our office. Wonderful. And so we all did something a little funny to show to the people that we've learned about their culture. And or, and for Indonesia, we all put on uh, giant fake moustaches, too, big black <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, well and that
1: perpetuates our culture, you know, because as we've moved up market with our enterprise clients, um, obviously the brand sort of evolves, and there's these different personas of the brand, and with the enterprises, it's more serious, charts going up and to the right, we need to make money from this stuff, but that's primarily focused for the U.S., where the social media market is much more mature, and enterprises now realize that they have to do it. For emerging markets, and just for our regular, you know, basic users, um, We want to make sure that they're still having fun and they feel like they're part of the brand. And so by putting our faces on there with funny pirate hats on, they really feel like, wow, these guys are just, they're having a good time making this product just the
0: way we're having a good time using this product. Well, listeners, you heard the man. If you want to wear black moustaches or pirate hats, you can reach out to Dave from no matter what country you're from at uh, the Twitter handle there is at Hoot Club, correct? Yes, sir. And the Facebook group at uh, Hoot Club as well. Yep. And Dave, I'm going to make that a personal challenge to me to find you a uh, Hootsuite rep from Greenland. I'm now yep. putting it on my list of things to do.
1: You know, I, I will say now that uh, you're living in, in the Los Angeles area now, aren't you, Ryan? I will, I, momentarily, yes. And I'll be moving back to New York in, uh, in September. I will tell you just one little strange conundrum that we ran into. You know, we're big hockey fans up here in Canada. I don't know if uh, folks around the world know that uh, ice hockey is really religion in Canada. Yeah, something like that. The Canucks Canucks, who were top team in the league this year, they went up against the eighth-seeded Los Angeles Kings in the first round of the playoffs. And it really put us in a conundrum because our local hockey team here does not use Hootsuite to send out their tweets. And the LA Kings are bitter rivals in this series. Ah. They, and uh, uh, Dwayne, who's their social media manager... Uh, spoke at a hoot-up in Los Angeles, shared all his love of Hootsuite, how he used the tools, showed the whole assembled masses, his dashboard. And then the LA Kings sent out a tweet after they beat us in the first game saying wow. to everyone in Canada outside of BC, you're welcome, sent by a Hootsuite. And it, we laughed about it so hard here in the office because it really put us into a conundrum.
0: Oh, that do is wonderful. Do we
1: support the team supporting us or do we support the team that's, oh, but it was really cool to see that work come together with them getting all that att- their attention for creative use of their Twitter account, but also giving back to our community by participating in that hoot up there in the Los Angeles area. Now those Los Angeles Kings are in uh, for the Stanley Cup finals. It's kind of a big deal to us.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully, being in Los Angeles now, you'll get a tweet of the Stanley Cup um, sent out over Hootsuite, and I'll be looking forward to that very much. Love it, love it. Well, Dave, thanks for joining us today, You're giving some wonderful advice to our listeners as far as how to engage with and create their communities. Uh, we very much appreciate your time.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. And really, anyone who's out there, whether you have a question about community building for your startup or want to get involved more with Hootsuite Culture, those Twitter handles are great. And you can also ping me at Daveo Hoots. And like I said, I love talking about the stuff
0: and love sharing. And and I really uh, admire what uh, you're doing here with this podcast, Ryan. Well, thanks, Dave. And we'll be sure to include all those Twitter handles up on our GrowVC blog at growvc.com backslash blog. Uh, Thanks again, Dave. And thanks to our audience for joining us today. Hoot on. Go Kings. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Grow VC Everyone Funding Startups Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Williams. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments you have about the show at growvc.com. And please feel free to log on to growvc.com to see how you can utilize our community for your success. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next week.